0: This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook and at TrevorJamesFlutes.com. Hello everybody and welcome this week to Talking Flutes Extra with me, Jean-Paul Wright. Before we begin, just a quick request from Claire and I for you to like, rate and review Talking Flutes podcasts on whatever platform you're listening to these on. You see, this really helps the algorithms to bring our popular flute podcast channel to the fore when other musicians are looking for online podcast inspiration. So thank you in advance for this. This flute player was born in Sydney, Australia into a musical family where she spent the first 13 and a half years of her life. She began learning the piano at the age of three years and nine months. She then moved to Sarajevo in Bosnia and Herzegovina in 2008 where she has since received a master's degree from the Music Academy in Sarajevo in flute performance and a bachelor's degree in music theory and education. Known more popularly as Ariana Flute, one of Ariana's biggest passions, aside from her academic work and teaching, is sharing her love for music on social media, mostly through Instagram and YouTube, where she currently has more than 95,000 followers on Instagram and over 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. From classical, pop, rock, jazz and world music, Ariana has a deep love for for recreating popular tunes into fun arrangements for flute and piano, solo flute with backing tracks, multi tracks and so on. Her social media feed is never lacking variety and is always different, fun and on point. Through her Instagram account, even the famous Hollywood musician and producer DJ Kalid or Khaled, you know I don't really know that what that is, but DJ Kalid found Ariana's profile, resulting in him reposting her cover his team asked her to remake on his popular Instagram page, where he has over 20 million followers. And let's not forget Ariana playing on an episode of The Simpsons. Yes, The Simpsons! But more of this later. So everybody, may I proffer a very warm Talking Flutes welcome to the uber popular and lovely flute player, that is, I'm, I'm determined to get this right, this surname right, Ariana Picknach. Is that right? Correct, Jean Paul. Correct. <laughs> Better known to you all as Ariana Flute or like Kylie or Madonna, simply Ariana. <laughs> Hello, Ariana.
1: Hello, Jean-Paul. Thank you for that very beautiful intro and kind words. Oh so it's,
0: it's my Thank it's my my enough. pleasure. And we're doing this via Zoom. When we first spoke via social media with Cracky, what seems like many, many years ago now your focus was very much on your classical music studies. Yes. However, lurking behind that social media frontage was always a mischievous musician who saw that the flute should be enjoyed as a fun hobby or study and shouldn't really be handcuffed and chained to only one genre. And there's lots, of, there's lots of things I can refer to here, such as you sit in the back of a car doing the car reversing sounds on the flute <laughs> on video. <laughs> yeah, the, yes. yeah, the mischievous side always, always came out. What was the spark that made you decide to change your musical communication on social media or did it just evolve? evolved or did it just evolve Evolve. yeah yes well
1: that's um it's a beautiful question that um maybe requires a chronological kind of explanation of how everything started oh
0: yes
1: yes so basically long story short but it will make it might be (laughs) long anyway so I was brought up in a musical family of course I started playing piano when I was just three years old and nine months, I think it was. I had a Russian teacher and it was very strict, so I was playing. I was going to competitions. I I wanted to be a pianist, actually. So what happened is I was grow- I grew up in Sydney, Australia, moved to Bosnia and Herzegovina where I'm living currently in 2008. So then I enrolled the High School of Music where I wanted to then actually become a pianist and enrolled the piano studies. but. Fate happened and I received a flute as a second instrument on my theoretical studies. And so then I said, I love this instrument. I feel more connected to it and I want to I want to study it. And it it was just very uh, intuitive and spontaneous. And basically it continued with my studies at the academy where I received my master's from flute. And I'm currently doing my master's from music theory and education. And that's how it all started uh, with, with basically with music. But so with social media, this was also so just very spontaneous. I was, I've been very much always uh, when I was studying, very, very uh, focused and practicing a lot, studying a lot. And I felt just this inner need to share my music, share my practice sessions. I can't explain it. It was just, just this fire in my heart, in my belly, in my whole, in my whole body. And, and Instagram was just starting to kind of become uh, very popular then. So I think this was around 2015, 14, 15, I just slowly started posting some videos. Of course, angle. I didn't care about angles, didn't care about anything. I was just, I just wanted to share what I was playing. And of course, you know, people started to react and in common, and, and and I I wasn't at all. Just I was thinking about that. I was just just wanted to share all this music that was in me and. Then, of course, they, they started, uh, there was a flute community that started happening. There were other flute players now starting to um, make profiles and we all connected. Then we, there was the acapella app that went crazy back, I think it was 2016, 17. And done one, I did wonderful collabs with ma- amazing flutists and musicians from the world. And it was just this beautiful energy. And, of course, so while I was studying, you know, I had, of course, lots of uh, etudes uh, that I was practicing pieces, sonatas, everything, and, and exams and concerts. So I was in this classical musical world and sharing this. Down the track, while my studies started to get uh, not that uh, intense, I want I started to, to have the need to share my love for other genres that was always there, actually. So. As a child and as a teenager, I, I loved to do acoustic covers of songs I was singing and playing. I actually posted this stuff on YouTube a long time ago. do I think the videos are private now. So I just loved all this other type of music. So I would also I would love to listen to Emmanuel Payu all the time on, on YouTube and flutists, and this was something that I would do in my spare time. But also I'd love to listen to popular music. Um, all sorts of genres. So I wasn't ever, I, uh, don't feel like I'm a person that is, is, is can put into one box. So I have a lot of love for a lot of things in life. So if we're talking about music, that's, that's a sort of part of a lot of genres and in life generally, I, I, I can't put myself into one box. So then this is where it started. So I slowly started to just have all these different ideas on videos. I posted, for example, I would do ones. What do you think sounds better? Uh, This does it sound better on alto flute? Does it sound better on C flute, on piccolo flute? Then I would do playing flute and piano at the same time. Then I would do a collab with someone. Then I would do a pop music cover with my sister and just all these things that happens very much, as you said, kind of it evolved. So it wasn't a, I sit, I'll sit down. It was strategic. It had something behind it, some sort of meaning. No, it was literally just me being in touch with myself and following my heart and following what I wanted to do. So for example, I remember back in 2017, I listened to Eric Whitaker's beautiful RP uh, Sleep. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, this, this, this music, we we can't say, you know, it's popular music that it has like, millions of views, but you know, in these, in these, in these moments, I really, let's say, I didn't care. It was something that was so close to my heart. And I said, I want to do, I want to do an arrangement, a one minute arrangement. I think that was the length of the acapella app that I had. And so I just want to do a one minute arrangement for flute on, uh, of this piece. And I remember I did it. And then Eric Whitaker saw it, he reposted it. And just these things I think happen when you, when you open your heart, when you connect to yourself and you just, you're not just afraid to share. And, you know, I just have, when I can look at my Instagram, there's so much stuff, so it, it's hard to say, oh, I am this and this, it's just everything. So sometimes I even feel just, uh, so yesterday I was just, uh, playing along with various Sequenza, and I was practicing this piece. And then just the other, uh, last night I was jamming with my sister, we were playing some rock music. So it's always just a lot of these different things that I think just evolved from me following my heart and intuition. I think this is something how I would explain it.
0: But when did the DAF videos come in? The ones where you just didn't take yourself seriously? And as I, I, (laughs) you know, I did mention you sitting in the boot of a car doing the reversing of the flute sound. That's just one of many. When when did you start thinking, oh, just why not? Because you were doing that before TikTok became a thing.
1: Yes, so exactly. I, I just think also these things, I can't explain it, but... I'm just doing my everyday life, and then I just have this idea. I just had an idea actually this morning, or something. I want to film tomorrow for TikTok and <laughs> Instagram Reels. So it just happens; it, it occurs to me. And of course, you know, we are all subconsciously also influenced by things we see. We we scroll, and that's also good. Where, uh, for example, I, I lo- I'm on TikTok, and then I scroll, and you see different trends that are happening, and on Instagram Reels. So. We're all influenced, but I sometimes also think that there there is a specific idea that channels through me, and then if I'm you know I feel it and I and I grab it, I'm like this is really fun, and I love to you know I love life, and I think this I I love this playfulness about life, and I think I want to connect that with my profession and my flute playing, which, you know, unfortunately we all know, uh, there is a tendency in the classical musical world. There's this, a lot of elitism and perfectionism, which is very stressful for, you know, we are all human beings at the end of the day and all these competitions and just perfectionism, everything has to be perfect. I just want to smash that sometimes be like, just let's have some fun. You know, I was at the, at, at, at the seaside. I remember I did a video playing the flute at the same time and like playing ping pong and just these things. And of course, you know, you will get comments like, oh, what is, you know, what are you doing? Like all these things. But there, there are more, you know, positive comments in, uh, among that. And I think in these videos, it's just I feel, you know, people, you know, you give them a laugh. You give them something in, in their day that will put a smile on their face. You know, they will see the flute. So it's, it's something, you know, for example, that video with the, that you are mentioning with the, in the boot of the car, I think it had over 1 million views on TikTok. And I got um, approached by uh, Ridic- MTV Ridiculousness to license the videos. So this is basically, I think what what I'm, you know, also trying to do is connect this instrument, this beautiful instrument with the whole world and not just um, putting it into one focus on one uh, genre of music where it's just as, one one uh, part of the population will listen to. Of course, this is. I wouldn't be playing how I play at all if I'm not b- very much classically trained since I was a child. But this is what I'm feeling now. I just want to make the flute so popular. And and I I've, when I get messages from girls and boys and men and women from all ages that I've inspired that inspire them to pick up their flute again. I've inspired them to start playing the flute. Because I think there's also there's an an emotional connection with people. For example, if they hear their favorite song being played on the flute, and they're like, "Wow, I love this song! Wow, how it sounds on the flute! Wow, I want to play the flute!" And it's all kind of I think a process that's happening in the brain um, and and, and connected with emotions. So this is some some sort of goal I have, and 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 just to inspire people and make their day and. I see people, you know, people have been enjoying these videos. I feel um, the ones that are also goofy and the covers. And I feel this is kind of the path that I have taken. And I'm I'm continuing down this path. And I'm just really excited to see what's ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, you make a very good point and a very valid point in that an, an instrument that takes a popular... Number already pre recorded number can really transform that instrument in the public consciousness, and there's one perfect example of that, which is Sir James Galway and Annie's song. Because that was the song that made me start the flute, because it made my mum wow. cry, you know. And, it, and wow. if, if anyone can make my mum cry, then because she's old English, you know, she can chop off one finger, <laughs> it doesn't matter, I've got another four. <laughs> But she heard him play the John Denver song, and you just think, yeah, he took that. And then suddenly this flute was everywhere. It was on the pop channels. It was In those days, we had Top of the Pops in the UK, which is like the biggest pop channel every Thursday night, I think it was. And he was on it, a flute player, the man with the golden flute. So you're exactly right, taking modern-day covers and transforming them into... Uh, arrangements for the flute and with the piano, and that can be Coldplay numbers, it can be Elton John numbers, it can be anything. It, exactly, it brings that flute. It sort of it takes it out of its box, which exactly. we all think of as being classical.
1: Yes. Exactly. It's literally like you just said, taking it out in the context of the times that we live in. And of course, when we're talking about kids, what are they on most? It's, you know, and TikTok. And I, I remember on TikTok, I did, I wanted to do this. And so what I did, I took viral TikTok songs and then I said on flute. And these videos yeah. and, and, and wow, all these girls are saying, I play flute too. Wow, this is so inspiring. And also some of my students are follow me on TikTok, they're like, oh, can I, can you teach me this? And of course, you know, they, they're learning flute. We're doing all our tone exercises, technical exercises. And then I love, I love it when they come to me with these with this, with this, uh, wish and, and, and passion. And then I think I, I give that like, okay, let's do this now for, Let, let's do it for fun. Let's do this for like five to 10 minutes at the end, because it's not too hard to learn, but then they're so, then it's so inspired to practice. And then they will do all their tone exercise and technical exercise to play this even better. So I definitely think that in, you know, in, in modern day times, I, this, this is basically just one, one, one of the reasons I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing.
0: But it's valid music, whether it be Bach, uh-huh. whether it be Mozart, uh-huh. whether it be Cargillert study. The music that you're playing on TikTok or your students are getting inspiration to play covers, it's still valid music. It's still creating and playing the flute. It's still creating music.
1: Exactly. So you're so right. I remember I did uh, just something that's connected to this is uh, when I played a, a driver's license by Olivia Rodrigo with my sister. And I remember that was, it was very, very hard to record. All, all, a lot of these pieces are very hard to record in terms of what, so w- when we're learning flute, you know, of course, when you hear about auditions taking place for orchestras, they say, we only hear one bar and that's enough. when they hear intonation, sound, breathing, all these things, and just a few notes, that's enough for them. So this is not, I'm not comparing Mozart and and, and popular music, but I'm just saying like, in terms of playing the flute, if I'm playing one note, if I'm playing something very slow, a a pop song, doesn't matter. Everyone can hear my intonation. Everyone can hear my sonority. Everyone can hear everything. So all my aspects of everything that I'm playing on flute, I could play that same thing. It could all be sharp. My articulation could be very sloppy, all these things. So I'm not, downgrading what so when i post something on the internet of course i i have my own musical ear and self-critic and it ha- I'm, I'm listening to all these things D- Is my run is the run smooth and clean you need to have your technique up to scratch so I remember the driver's license was it, was it was in a key that was very you know of course as a flute player how we have certain keys that are uh, just difficult all the notes that are so close together but just such different ranges in intonation that you have to perfect and of course, there's no auto-tune, there's nothing. So it's just saying, like all these things, it's, it's it's still music and it still has a high, let's say, playing level to it.
0: Yeah, and if you can get a million views on TikTok or a million views on Instagram, playing a cover on the flute, surely that is more inspirational to a wider audience than perhaps just getting a hundred or two hundred playing bark, however valid that is.
1: Yes, of course we're saying how we can't compare. I mean, of course, this, this you know classical music is, is is classical music, but as as you just said, like these these millions of views. And I remember, so yeah, on my YouTube, some videos have been you know blowing up and analyzing what they are. So The Simpsons, close to three million. Then Boom Boom Tam Tam, which this Brazilian uh, yeah. artist he <laughs> took a box for Tuta and he put it. It's not, it's in the middle of A minor and B flat minor. It's very sh- flat B flat minor. Anyway, so he put that in the beginning, and then he has this whole song and video is a little, not, not, not that amazing, but, but just this part. So I took that first part. Then I played, I had the song uh, played in the background and I did an improvisation. i had like double tonguing jumps, all these things. And that's also got close to 3 million views then mask off and all these trends. And I think the people, people that, enjoyed it so they've heard the original and then they hear oh wow you know what is she doing she's adding something to it wow this is so cool and they really they're really enjoying these covers especially i think when, when i add my own improvs to these popular songs
0: well we have to talk about the simpsons don't we we have to you, you casually mentioned it there and you casually <laughs> mentioned you don't sort of mention it that much but for me that was huge i saw the original instagram post where you played the theme tune of the simpsons with your yes. sister yes and it was lovely because Simpsons is Simpsons is Simpsons. It is a stable part of probably the English speaking culture for many, many, many years. And then one day you posted, guys, never guess what. And then you posted the back end of a Simpsons actual episode and it's you playing. Yes. <laughs>
1: oh, that was, that was, oh, it's still surreal to me. So just basically how it all, I mean, how it all happened was, of course, just another day of getting an idea and Ella and I talking about it, like, okay, let's do the Simpsons. We found a little bit of the sheet music. We were listening to it a bit. And of course, I mean, Danny Elfman's theme that that's amazing. And his use of tritones that oh, it was just beautiful. So I was like, wow, this could be played nicely on the flute, nice range. And those fast 16th notes, all this, and Ella's, Ella's accompaniment. So we, we started, we were practicing it took, I mean, that, that was pretty technically difficult. A lot of these uh, scales that I had to practice. So we were practicing it. And of course, yes, like all of our other Instagram videos filmed, posted, no expectation, nothing. Just, just, um, posting our, our Instagram videos. It had nice feedback on Instagram. Um, I just posted it on YouTube and then I just started getting notifications, new subscribers, comments, comments, comments. And I was just checking the views on YouTube. It was going insane. Like every time you scroll, it's another thousand views, every second, like a thousand views. So it got up to a million, I think. And I was, I was thinking, wow, this Simpsons theme is going crazy. I think, I think he got onto the suggested recommended videos (laughs) on the site. And one morning I'm just drinking my morning coffee and then I receive an email from Fox studios slash Disney studios in LA. So I was just, I just opened it, I'm like, oh gosh, is this spam or something? <laughs> is this a joke? So I, I received this email um, from Sir Robert saying, hey, Ariana. wow, well, um, it's, it's Robert, music licensing director from uh, LA, from Fox Studios my producers of the Simpsons found your video on YouTube and they are in awe. We would absolutely love to license this. Who can I speak to further? And I was like, Oh, speak to me. (laughs) So it was just an initial shock. And I had, I went on LinkedIn to check if he was for a a real person. And then when he was, I was like, what is going on? And so, yes, this led into that we were in contact with them. And of course, you know, contracts, the licensing, we re-recorded it professionally. And send it over, and it's, it was featured in season thirty-two, episode number nine, at the end in the end credits with our names. And this was just, just,
0: just couldn't believe it. It's time to retire. Still. It's time to retire, really, isn't it? You can play at Carnegie <laughs> Hall. You can play the last night the proms, but to play at the end of the Simpsons, I mean, <laughs> crikey! Yes,
1: yeah, sir. So I just try and analyze this, like, what happened? You know, when they, when we all talk about law of attraction and things like universe sending signs. And I was like, what did I do? So I just analyzed. So I was just in my craft, doing what I loved, being creative. I, I wasn't, people ask me, oh, did you message them? Did you send it? Did you tag them? I didn't even tag. I don't think I tagged anybody. I think I've just put a hashtag the Simpsons or something. So it was just literal like fate, just the producers. It came out on their YouTube and wow. Yeah, it's just, I was, I'm just very humble and, and, and honored that this happened. It's just, it's just something, and you know, I'm. It's interesting. They made an IMDb, and it says, all right, I'm picking out musicians, The Simpsons," and it's all I'm in the credits. So, just wow. It's it, there's it. a
0: lesson there that sometimes if you try too hard, you don't get, and if you just do it for fun and just <laughs> upload it, sometimes something sticks, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So if I I, I wasn't even trying too hard, that wasn't in the back of my head that this could happen. So it was just my sister and I having fun.
0: Everybody, everybody, if you haven't heard it, should we take a quick listen? (laughs) Here we go. Well, what can you say about that? It just—all I see is clouds parting. I can see Bart, Ooh. and I can see them all. Uh, just oh, I mean all. Yes. I mean <laughs> Simpsons, the Simpsons.
1: Yes. Yes. The Oh wow! Yes. Yes. I I'm still, you know, you think that it's that I'm still in shock, and I like you just said. I just when I heard about it, and then I posted it, and. I was. I think when I was posting it, I still wasn't aware of what happened. I was like, "Hey guys, <laughs> we're just in the Simpsons," and yeah, I remember it was actually um, there was a lot of media um, coverage here in Bosnia. Every I, I didn't expect this at all, but in Bosnia, everyone was. They were calling LNI to guest, uh, be guest, uh, do guest appearances in the TV. So it was just it was a nice period. I think yeah, this was winter last year. So well, it was
0: a really, put yeah. it this way: when if the if the great man. Stephen Hawkins said, his appearance on The Simpsons finally made him cool. Then, you know, what what a great tribute can you have?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right,
0: before we delve into things that I'm really interested in with you, which is health, general health, body and mm-hmm. mind health. Uh, what are your favourite warm-up routines because there are so many and flute players certainly those that are listening to the podcast some are returning amateurs and won't necessarily have teachers
1: yes that's a very good point of just saying that there are so many I think that a lot of flu players, doesn't matter which level, um, you get very, in a way, intimidated and confused as to what people say, do Tafanel Gobert, EJ4, 10, 7 every day. Then the Moyes extended A, B, C, D, do all these things. And then we're like, oh, that's it's first of all, too much. I feel if I do too, too uh, many technical exercises, it takes a strain on my hands. Physically, it doesn't it doesn't feel comfortable. And of course, as you know, all, all these tone exercises. So basically for me, I love to uh, start off with just just a nice warm-up uh, with Della uh just the chromatic uh, going down, crotchet, dotted minim, B, uh, B flat, going all the way down. But I don't do it um, just... I, I, I don't do it not being present. So I try and be present and I try to connect a lot of things through this exercise. Cause it's not te- technically difficult, of course, for fingers. So the point is I try to ground myself. So I kind of visualize you know, my feet in the ground and, and just really relaxing my whole body. So thinking about posture and grounding myself and really focusing on taking these huge, like I like to say goldfish breaths where I really drop my jaw and I feel like my whole body is filling up with air so I'm kind of doing a lot of things. I'm, combi- I'm trying to combine the breathing, being grounded, posture, relaxation, and then of course sound. Where I, while I'm taking this sort of breath, I really try and drop my door, like a uh, jaw. Um, I feel like my sinuses are open, and and that kind of sound that vibrates in between your eyebrows. I try, I try and get this at the beginning of my practice, and just really open up. So I do this exercise, and, it, and I take my time, and then. Also, I can go from B then down and then I go up to the third register. So this I feel really helps me warm up in a way where I where I, where I try to get this voluminous sound and really open sound. Also, then I might I might do an exercise for my low register where I, for example, I start off on a C one middle C and I call them hoo hoo. So I go C. C, C sharp, C sharp, C, and all the way up to D4 and go back to C1. Um, but without any articulation. So I go who, who, and I push my diaphragm. So this is a basic thing that I try in in tone wise, um, at the beginning. And then I love to do, I, (laughs) I'm at this stage now where I'm really enjoying, I love doing now, um, scales and all these things because you don't feel an outside pressure of Any university of anything. So now it's just me and me connecting with these and just and just taking a different approach to it. Um, just uh I I love to do I sometimes choose between doing Moy's extended scales all the way up and down, major minor, and then TNG, Teflon Gobert, EJR4, the like uh I think James Galloway he said that he's that's like ironing scales. He would call them the ironing. He was going up and down, so I love doing that also third. So basically I love to, st- to technique, uh, technique. I love to stick in between tough and, and Moyes. i and daily exercises. So I think these are very, very good exercises for fingers. And of course, while I play, I really try and be, uh, try and stay focused and mindful of what I'm doing. So posture still. And, uh, for example, my fingers, I try and keep them as close as possible to the keys as I can and not feeling any strain. And of course, My ear is my biggest, uh, my best teacher. So I really try and listen. If there are any sort of like finger transitions that are not synchronized, I hear them out and then go through them slowly.
0: I like the way that you, and we're going to talk about body and mind, but I like the correlation with your warm ups, but also the fact that you're staying focused. I mean, a lot of flute players, a lot of musicians will warm up and it go through a process and that's just this subconscious process. They'll do it (laughs) without paying (laughs) attention to what they're doing so it, exactly. and it's like um it's like doing a, r- a running race and not warming up properly because you're just doing a few exercises uh, without pushing it without relaxing and then you you get injured on, on the way so you exactly. stay grounded and focused on everything you're doing how do you manage to do that do you choose to practice at a moment when you know that you can be focused or how do you push any thoughts that are in your mind at that moment aside
1: yes so that's a good question um when I, when I think about my studying days, it might not have been this much. So this is something where you have a lot of, I remember, I was also, I was doing two majors. So I was, my whole day was literally just studying and music and exams and all these things. So there were times when, of course, you need to practice when it's not convenient. Now I have a little bit more time in this way where I can choose maybe, so for example, if I have I have stuff to do in the, in, in the middle of the day. So let's say, let's say nine to five, but I have time at night and I feel like I will be more concentrated and, and feel this practice more at night. I will leave it. But before then, nobody would have asked me like, you have to do it now. So even then I would have tried this. Sometimes you just, and sometimes you, your schedule doesn't even let you warm up properly. And then I remembered I just have to go and just go to the piece. So These were, uh, it wasn't that, uh, common, but of course it would happen. But now I really try and say, okay, Rihanna, you're going to practice now. And then I take that deep breath and I try all to do everything that I just mentioned, but it's, it's very good that you mentioned that it's very much an autopilot mind and subconscious mind where, I mean, 95% of the time of what we're doing, it's all a program in in general in life. This is our emotional triggers, all these things. So it's very much connected. And I think that we we just take out an instrument, we do a little, and then we play. We're not maybe there. We're checking our phones all the time, and we're like, oh. And I, I hear this all the time. Oh, I practice like five to six hours a day. I'm not progressing. Things are getting worse. Or I just always tried because I I kind of had to learn to be time efficient because of everything I was doing. And I was like, okay, if I'm practicing, I'm gonna be smart. I'm gonna practice smart. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what. Bothers me the most. So, for example, I remember a lot of time, a long time ago, the thing that was bothering me and what I didn't feel as comfortable with was my low register. So, high register was everything was great, but low register, oh, sometimes it was like, oh, is it going to come out? So, this was, you know, high school days and things like this. So, I remember I just said, you're going to have to face it. No comfort zone. Go and drill out that. And with your ear, listen to it, drill out that low register. So then I really felt that this sort of way of really trying and managing my practice. So basically just trying to manage my time as efficiently as possible whilst practicing.
0: That's, that's a very fair point, isn't it? Is that if people are practicing five or six hours, how hard is it to practice five or six hours and actually be present in all of those five or six hours? If you're present in two of those hours, then in effect you can make four hours for yourself because you will do more in those two hours when you're present than wasting an additional four hours and not being there.
1: Exactly. And when you think about it, like you just said, you would have four hours more for yourself where you could contribute to your playing and your musicianship and your mental health by doing something else in those four hours, which is not necessarily practicing the instrument. So um, going on YouTube and, and, or, and listening to podcasts that will help your mental health, uh, focus listening to some podcasts on uh, stage fright, performance anxiety, you would do maybe so much more and so much more beneficial things in those four hours or anything. I just gave some few examples. If it wanted to be music related, then then just necessarily drilling out things out of fear and stress. And uh, it's impossible to be, of course, you know, totally present for five to six hours. That's, that, that's, that's not, that's not possible. So I think we should try and do more things in our free hours, not just think, It's not that amazing to be practising too much. You can get lost in it.
0: And let's talk now, which again, you segued nicely, in when you've done a really good performance, that release of endorphins that makes you feel good you can have that every day, can't you? And you just alluded to that in those spare few hours that you're not going to practice your instrument because you're not fully present. And I know it's something that you strongly believe in, which is staying healthy in body and mind. And by mm-hmm. staying healthy in body and mind, your whole musicianship and flute playing just increases exponentially.
1: Definitely. Can't, can't emphasize this enough. This is This is very, very important. I think how I started with this mind, body, soul kind of practice, and and how it you could hear it through my flute playing was when I started to have severe um, uh, performance anxiety. I remember this this started, and these I believe in life when we have these sort of situations, they're not there by accident. They're there to push you, like through. They always say through the hard times, you know. The, the light comes in and we, you, you, you meet yourself better, you know yourself, you grow through these experiences. So I remember this is where the time when I was <clears throat> starting to, for example, uh, watch videos on YouTube on performance anxiety, how to get through this, and now talking about flute-related stuff, this really helped. And then I would get, I would create my own ritual for things that will help me. It's not the same for everybody. So other people they have totally different um, ways of dealing with stress and coping with stress. But then I had my own ways. And then I remember after one, I finished one of my degrees, I fell in love with the gym. So I started to go to the gym because of flute-related pain. So I had tendonitis actually in my left arm. So this was because a lot of um, too, it would say too much of uh, TNG and boys in a very strained way. Um, so then I remember, um, I had this pain and then I, I went to a physio therapist. And so we, we were working on this bit. And then of course they told me of you need to strengthen the muscles around these tendons. So it's not just the tendons so you don't have enough muscle to, to help the tendons Um, while you're playing while you're playing so they're taking all the strain so then of course I enrolled into a gym and then I started to do all these uh, workouts of course to for body and strengthening my muscles and I really felt a difference I was like wow I feel so much more stronger the flute feels drastically lighter so this was something that gave me extra motivation and then I just I just started to fall in love with the feeling of going to the gym just talking about now not just aesthetic reasons but the release of, you know, serotonin, endorphins, and all these happy, happy hormones, and everything that happens in the brain, I've just started to feel amazing, I would feel like it would be a place where I would literally let go of all my stress, and just clear out my brain, and, you know, of course, how, how you feel afterwards, how you're feeling during, and the benefits that you get, I mean, long-term benefits, and even, like, short-term benefits, as, as you're playing flute better, I just, I would just feel just amazing with this and of course do in after workouts and stretching and all these things from the beginning until the end I would just feel really really good also I think talking about things that happen in your life um for a reason is I think a few years ago I was this sounds serious when I say I was diagnosed I I found out I had insulin resistance so they say this is some sort of pre-diabetes um maybe it was due to not not of well enough nutrition for example while I was studying it was just always um up and down and this but I, I tend to think that it was from some stress that I would I would have I was very very uh, responsible student and I would give, not just so much of outer stress, I would just give myself that stress with my thoughts and all these things. So with this insulin resistance, they say, of course they want to give you medication, um, but I didn't want any medication. I said, I want to heal this naturally. So of course, um, during my research, I found out low sugar, low carb. So I started with this uh, diet and I just started to feel so much better. And I remember I lost a lot of weight. And just the combination of exercise and healthy foods really made me feel amazing. And then, of course, next to all of this, just working on yourself, not in just regards to what we're doing as a profession. So, of course, it's my food. That's my passion. But I think what has helped me a lot is working and connecting myself through, you know, meditations and a lot of these things that some people would say, you know, some people find this like through religion and it's like spirituality and all these things. But I think this is something that really helps me connect to myself and listen to myself, you know, self-reflection, journaling. I love to listen. I I listen to podcasts every day. I love, for example, talking flutes. And (laughs) of course I love Jay Shetty, Aaron Dowdy, you know, you listen Yes. And, and, and a lot of Joe Dispenza, he's actually one of my favorites. So a lot of these um, gurus that you would say, and so just, just things that help you as just as a person, because at the end of the day, you know, we, we try to say, what are you? Hi, I am, I am a banker or I am a flutist. But at the end of the day, your soul is, you know, you are, I am Ariana and I'm connecting with Ariana and for example, I, I look at my flute and it, it, this, a flute is its something physical. It is an instrument where when I play, I feel like, you know, I, I'm my, my soul is playing and I feel like I have my own voice through it. And I channel my, cre- I think it's a channel for my creativity to come through in a part of me, but it's not all of me. So this is what I I, I try to, I try to say, you know, it's my, it's my life. I I do it. I, I love to teach also, so I do all these masterclasses and things, but I just try and say always at the end of the day, I connect to myself. And then when, when I feel connected, i feel in balance. I just have so many more than like creative ideas. I'm much, I'm very happy. All the people around me, everything's a reflection of what I feel on the inside. So everybody around me is happy. Everything's great. So this is what I strive for really.
0: And you're exactly right. Meditation is a way of just focusing on. Well, it depends which meditation technique you you um, mm-hmm. you follow. I mean, I do vipassana, which is very much um, sitting by yourself and then waiting for thought to come in, and then you choose whether to take hold of it or push it away. And then sometimes you'll get some insight, and sometimes you won't. But the th- the, the good thing is, is if you meditate over a period of time, you get to be- begin to understand. I won't say who you are, but you get to release areas that are self-limiting. And as musicians, if we're stressed or we've got all these thoughts going on, we can't really perform to our best ability. And it doesn't matter what ability level that is, because every performance from every single person is valid. You know, you don't have to be a Pahud or a Denis Buryakov. You can be an amateur that's only picked up the flute six months ago. Your performance is as special as any flute player but exactly. the most important thing as you've just said is giving yourself the ability and the freedom to be you when you're playing exactly
1: I think I think this is what and like you said through this meditation we let go of self-limiting beliefs and I feel that so sometimes through meditation I get you you have this thought and you're like where did I get this thought from is this, this is a this, this is a subconscious belief and then you and then you put it into your conscious mind and then and then you when you start to let go of this this is where the true change happens so I think this is very important to not just be on this autopilot mode all the time so I think sometimes as musicians we don't even remember where where everything started it's just you know you've been a musician for just I don't know for someone's can be the beginning of their life like for example for me every music I can't remember time music wasn't there but for somebody might be just as you said they're amateurs they're starting out but they have uh, all these thoughts, all these beliefs. And I just try and also think, I think this is important to not compare our, ourselves to others. So, this is all these fitness pages are talking about this online. You know, don't compare yourself to us. I, this is important for musicians too. We, you know, talking about fitness, for example, somebody, oh, I want her body type or, or just her body shape or anything. But this is the same for music. Oh, I want this or they're better than this. And like you said, every single person every single performer musician performance is valid in its own creation it's nothing it, and, and all the best food places in the world their performance is not any val- more valid or special than just somebody that's starting out i know it's Definitely. a real passionate
0: view of telling people stop trying to be like somebody else stop looking at somebody and how they play and how they are and think i want to be like them be like you
1: yes i think this energy of some that of people that are authentic to themselves they're just being authentic however that may be some maybe it's authentic to for someone to, that that they're camera shy that they're introverted but they're being authentic be you do you you don't go against yourself and i think all the people that are just authentically being themselves and I I just think they have such a magnetic energy and I I love these people. So this is what I'm striving to be. I strive to be as authentic as I can all the time in all situations.
0: And that leads, as a social media influencer, that can be a very positive entity to many, this positivity and everything that you come uh, across with. And yet on the flip side, it can occasionally, you know, have a really negative impact Being a social media influencer like you are, how do you balance the opposing forces when they arrive? And that is the positive stuff that is channeled through. And then the negativity, because once you're on social media, you get the click, the clickboard freaks. Those that will just type just to, just to think it's fun.
1: Via fake profiles most of the time. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. (laughs) How do you balance the two?
1: Yes. So when I started out, of course, this, it was very uh, hard for me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a very emotional person. in mean, as, as, a, as a person. So I would take things to heart. I was pretty sensitive to this. I remember there was even some tears at the beginning. Oh, how could someone say that about me? Oh, they were Of course there were, there were things that, you know, happened and it's all in the past now, but I remember I would, I would take it to heart and Luckily, I have a very loving and supporting family and that I I share everything with. And of course, you know, they would I would share these things. I I wouldn't keep it inside. So I think this is I I, I like this part about myself where I if something's bothering me, I verbalize it. I let it out and I ask for help. So I think if I would have held that too much inside, it would have maybe taken a different turn. I don't know. So, of course, with time uh, now, I am not sensitive to these things. I am aware that they exist. It is a, so you have action reaction. This is literally a consequence. It's a reaction for, you know, putting yourself out there. You cannot choose your comments. You cannot choose, you know, the internet is just such an open space. Everybody um, is there and they can comment what uh, they like. So I am aware of this and rationalizing these thoughts. And I say this, their opinion of me or whatever I've done does not affect my value my worth or anything it's not personal it's I like to say whoever writes something negative to somebody it's just a projection of their own feelings towards themselves and their self-worth I really believe this because I have have never I can guarantee this with my life have never will never write anything um negative, to but even if it was an influencer uh, of a celebrity with 200 million followers, they never will see my comment. I never have had the thought or urge to write something hurtful or even like a comment that somebody wrote that's got 50,000 likes. It's just, I feel there's no, no point or why would I, why would I intentionally hurt somebody? So then if somebody does that to me, I have, I'm, I'm just hundred percent aware that it's just it's just them, it's not me. And it's very important to be aware of this. If you're doing what you love and you're not hurting anybody, so I'm not talking about somebody b- making a video with jokes that are very offensive or something, but if you're just doing something normal and, and, and you're sharing for example your passion for music and somebody has the right, um, has some wants to write something mean it's just it's just them so what I can do if, if I if I see it sometimes I don't even read the comments so if I see it I will delete it and I will just block it I won't respond I will never respond so I yes I, this is how I do it
0: <laughs> yeah that means it's, it's it's a hard it's a hard one and you know I get trolled a lot and I only have a quarter of the following that that you have so mm-hmm. it's just it, it's something that, I mean, I never respond anyway, and sometimes I'll just respond funnily. You know, I'll try and be witty, or I'll just try and be sort uh-huh. of, um, okay. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put something that is a sort of old London accent, you know, but I'll write it like that. But that in itself is the wrong thing, because by responding I'm giving a justification to a comment, a negative comment. Um, so I think your advice is just to either if if you know something is going to be negative, just don't read it. And as you say, the person that's ri- written that it's really a reflection of the space they're in, because happy people and genuine people wouldn't really want to f- put negativity on anybody.
1: Exactly, that is a hundred percent sure. And the older I'm, I'm getting, and in, in, in months passing, years passing, and things that I'm witnessing, I just it's it that's just so true is definitely true And any troll that we get it's literally just that person so even if they think something like this that why am I bopping up and down or something if we have thoughts that's just a random comment yeah. I just remember you have um we all have thoughts in 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 a day but if I would never put it into writing so I don't think it's it, it I will just always say this it's just their reflection of themselves and what and then I sometimes feel in a way I'm I don't know if this is a good thing, but I've come to a point where I'm starting to feel a lot of empathy for these people. And I feel sorry. I'm like, Oh, I can't, I kind of feel sorry for them. They're not good. They're not in a good space if, if they're writing these things. So I get to the point where I'm like, Oh, <laughs> can you, I help?
0: <laughs> and uh, all you've got to do is look at her Instagram feed to know that you just don't get a few comments. You get shed loads or bucket loads of comments and, it must be hard just going through and just thinking okay 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 it's just yeah. it's just it's just crazy but I I do like that advice just regard anything negative comes through regard that 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 person is not in a good space and yeah. the most successful people I know would never write anything negative on anybody else's feed or page because they don't need to they're focused on themselves,
1: on they're thriving. They're living. They're focused on their loved ones, on their growth. They don't have time for this. So, if they're going to comment on something, it's going to be someone that's better than them or inspiring them. And then just, oh, thanks for the advice. And then they're just they're just writing positive comments. That that's the energy they want to be surrounded by and giving. So what you give. So I think the people um, when they write something like this, when they write a troll or hateful comment, this it comes back to them whether they like it or not. Not not in a way that they're going to get a bad comment. I think. Subconsciously, they, they know that they gave this hateful comment, and they, even if not on a conscious level, they will feel bad. They, they don't like that they, I don't think, I don't think they like that they have written it.
0: There's an, an old um, adage that I was told many, many years ago. I think I was complaining about something to my granddad, and he says, When you point and say something negative, so you've got one finger going towards somebody or something, you've got three pointing back at you.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So that is when I get a negative comment, I always think of my granddad saying they're pointing at you. So they've got three fingers pointing back at them.
1: Exactly. I love this. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I, and you're talking, of course, we're talking about uh, comments online, you know, you get, I get comments like this that I, in real life, um, you hear some like, you know, I don't know, people like rumors and stuff like, from the universities and things like this people, you know, cause I live in a, it's, it, it's a small city. So you hear these things. And, and even though it's not just, it's not just online trolling, you can get it in real life too. I think everybody, everybody gets this, or even sometimes you can um, receive, I, I haven't, but I know of people that have received from even friends and people that are um, maybe some fake friends that I might be jealous. So they give you some manipulative comments, like Mm -hmm. putting you down or things like this, it might not be direct bullying. But I think even with these things, I think it's important to protect yourself and protect, I would say our our energies and say, you know, what is yours is yours, it's not mine. And, And they say the power of words. So I think it's up to us to reject these words and not take them as true. Because I think there's a beautiful book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and there's agreements that we make. So one of them is words. Words are very powerful. So are you making an agreement with these words? And you say, no, I'm not agreeing to them. That's not true. I'm not taking that. It's not about me. I'm not agreeing to the words.
0: Oh, I love that. I mean, words are so powerful anyway, because when you read them, exactly. it open up it opens up an emotion and when we don't read them but we know they're there there's also an emotion there because we have this curiosity uh-huh. but we know that, that what's there isn't necessarily really nice so yes, what what's you. the name of the book again
1: the four agreements
0: wonderful by
1: don miguel ruiz i don't I, know if
0: I I'm going to have to go and get that
1: yes i have it in bosnian so chat i think that yeah i think that's the that that's the original the four agreements
0: as musicians uh, let's 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 throw this negative troll stuff to one side as musicians when we're in a good space with ourselves we're then able to unlock this emotion the emotion that makes us as a different a flute player or a musician to the next person because we all play the same dot don't we we always play the same blob on the stick so we play the mm. a or we play the b or um, we can play the opening bars of the mozart in g we all play the same notes but we all play it differently because there's different emotional interpretation within each one if we're not in a good space ourselves then our performance will never really do us justice
1: totally agree that's so true when you think about it from all different aspects that's that, that that's entirely true and just a thought I had to this, I don't know if it's totally connected, but when you're thinking about competitions and why I'm, you know, in a way, of course they're good if you're trying to conquer one part of your brain, but it's all just competition with ourselves. I think this, if you're doing it for a reason, it's not for other people. I think it's just so subjective, isn't it? You have people in a jury, um, that, are everyone's playing amazingly. So it's all in tune, beautiful. And then somebody likes someone's interpretation more than the others, but, are we talking about emotional interpretation? What are we talking about? You can go pretty deep with this.
0: Oh, ab- so absolutely. What? Yeah. At least the word what love. Yeah, the word love means something very different to me as it would my next door neighbor. I mean, there's, there's, there's the COVID, for example, that word COVID that we're, the whole world is aware of now means very much different things to each individual people mm-hmm. because we've all been hit in various different ways. And exactly. that word, which goes back to what you said earlier, the power of words, not only to how we think and how we behave, but how we create music, those inner words that come into our head, that little, that little creature that sits, invisible creature that sits on our shoulder and says, ah, the hard bits are coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go through the hard bits and you go wrong on the easy bit straight after, you know, the, the, power, of <laughs> the power of words is is immense. And yeah, definitely. On, on the power of words, on the power of words. Now, you're a really, really positive person. And obviously, being an Oz, being an Aussie, and well, I don't know if you're an Aussie, how do you regard yourself? Because obviously, first 13 and a half years in Australia, beautiful, yes. beautiful country. And now being in Bosnia, you have, I wouldn't tell, I, it's, it would sound to me as I'm calling you from Sydney, because you you retain the accent and you just sound Australian. How do you feel? That's a really good question. I
1: sometimes ask myself the same thing. So as we are aware, I think um, up, till, up until we are seven, this is where, you know, your personality is formed and you as, as a being and everything afterwards. So those are the programs. And then afterwards, it's just, just refining things. So I'm very grateful and glad to have been born and raised in Australia. So I spent 13 and a half, nearly 14 years there. So... Even though my parents, my heritage, my, 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 my family, they're, they're from Bosnia. So it's Bosnian blood and my last name and all these things. I still regard myself as, you know, I feel I've, I've picked up a lot of these things that I love from, from, from being born and raised in Australia. It's, so of course, going to a public school and even two years of high school. So I would say I'm also Aussie. So <laughs> I'm loving this. Place. I'm so grateful for this. And the whole education system in Australia is just, it's just amazing. So Very you've, creative.
0: you've learned so much since you left Australia so what I'm challenging you now to is if you could write a letter to the Ariana, the 13 year old Ariana just as she left Australia to this country of her, you know, her heritage her her background her where all the family were what would you what advice would you give her?
1: Oh wow yes, that's that's very touching and emotional. Just, just that picture of thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old Ariana in my head, and everything that has happened since then. <laughs> so, oh, I would first give her a huge hug. Oh, well, this is a letter, sorry. So, if it was a letter, I first of all, oh, just, just that thing that I think a lot of people would say is, so I would just say, do not worry so much everything's going to be okay. I mean, it sounds cliche. All the people say this all the time, but it really is true. I would say, do not worry so much. Do not be, feel free to fall asleep at night with no, so no insomnia. Just, just, just try and trust that everything's going to be okay and everything will be okay. You will, you will find yourself, you will have, a great, you know, relationship with your family, with friends, just everything will turn out. All these little things that happen in our lives and that will happen in your life, just these little things, they will be so, they will become so not important <laughs> and not relevant. And just so many, so many beautiful, beautiful things are waiting for you that you can't even imagine. So just stay true to yourself, be happy, do not worry so much and just relax something, something along those lines.
0: Because leaving Australia at 13 and a half, that is such a delicate age in which to <laughs> uproot, especially with all your friends and your social circles. It, you must have learned a lot since.
1: Yes, that was very, um, was very hard. And I think just now, in the past few months, I've, I've because I've do, been doing a lot of this self-reflection, I tend to, I go back to that, period because you you know when it happens and you know you move and life just continues and it's all, all kind of like autopilot going through school and then now you're like wait whoa I changed continents hemispheres when I was 13 and a half now as I'm older I'm working with I, I have students that are that are teenagers and I see what kind of this is a very delicate age like you said you know puberty adolescence this is this is very delicate and all our hormones and, and just feelings about our body and and, and and just being so insecure and moving here I remember my first year when i moved i had to go to an international school because my bosnian wasn't very good and i was bullied they would make fun of me they were just this this whole class was making fun of me and they would make fun of my accent actually which is very um interesting but now we think about self-reflection they were actually jealous of an accent so just things like this and my fringe my face my hair all these things they would make fun of me and i remember that 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 yes it was just me moving back leaving my best friends and it was the only option so and i remember i wasn't even sharing what was happening so I was keeping that in myself. And then luckily, so I went to the high school of music and all these things. But I think just this until I remember those first few years, I was so just desperately trying to fit in. Just moving from Australia, then I felt like an outsider. I was, I was had very much Aussie behavior, Aussie humor. Here the humor's different. All these lifestyle things, it's just very different. I, I still have this in myself. And sometimes I still, sometimes when, when I'm here and somebody makes a joke, I sometimes don't even still get it. So just these deep prints and just trying so hard to fit in and just be accepted and for people to like me, to love me, to be cool. And then and then, of course, with time, then you then you start to fit in. And then this is where I think even my flute was this outlet of mine where this was me. I don't have to fit in. I, you know, I'm my flute is my flute. And and I just, you know, just with time, everything evolved. So it definitely was a very hard transition. To be go through
0: and the, the question could be asked you, you won't be able to answer it is that if that move hadn't have happened would we really see the ariana that we see today you know these Very things good. happen don't they and, and we mold according to our circumstances
1: uh, people you know when 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 somebody asks you or you read a question or there's like quizzes on instagram or if you could time travel would you go to the future I'll go to the past. And then I see like the polls, everyone wants to go to the past and like change things. I wouldn't, I would not change one thing at all. Because I think every, every little experience when talking about the big ones, like every single little one has molded me into the person I am today in the 29th of September, talking to Jean Paul and everything I'm saying, it's all the butterfly effect. So I wouldn't be who I am at all. absolutely. And not even talking about what would happen if I in Australia. I mean, of course I have no idea, Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't even be playing flute at all. Like we don't know. So I just, I'm grateful for all these experiences. Every, I'm just even sometimes even even, uh, very immensely grateful for the bad experiences that I've gone through in, in different aspects of my life. They've literally made me who I am. And, you know, I, I say, bring them on. I feel sometimes when, when I go through a turbulent period, I feel I come out stronger. I come out in a way wiser and of course but there's always something to learn so I just say you know bring it on and and let's see what's what's there to learn and 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 mold into yeah so I'm excited
0: (laughs) your words are really motivating you you come over you have a smile on your face with everything you're saying and you know we're doing this via zoom but and obviously people can't see you but you're constantly smiling and with that smile comes a belief and a focus and that then unlocks itself in musicality when you do your music but also outside of music because you have a genuine joy for life but that's not all is that that doesn't make you sort of distant from everybody because people can actually study with you online if they wanted to can't they Yes, they can. So they can. They yes. can. People can study with a, a real flute influencer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How do yes. they do it, my lady?
1: Yes, sir. I give, of course, so I give online lo- uh, lessons. I have some online slots on my website. Everything's on my website, www.arianaflute.com. and also I am a teacher on Play with a Pro. So whatever suits. So I'm on both platforms. Also, I've I had my first two online masterclasses in July, this, they were amazing. Uh, that was, that was, I was, I was so grateful for the experience and everybody that went through also told me they had a wonderful time. So it was beautiful. I had us from all levels and it doesn't matter. So I always say these master masterclasses, this, they're, they're free of any tension. And I said, no, you don't have to be, whatever level you're at, we're there in harmony, um, you know, hands, wide open, no stress, no no nerves, nothing, just there to, to play together and help. And so these masterclasses not wonderful and I'm planning on doing some more. So I have on my website some online forms where you can leave just, it's very important. So I just have the email and whenever things are coming out, like I'm doing also sheet music now and online masterclasses, everybody will be notified.
0: And the great thing about learning with you, as you have probably gathered by listening to this podcast, is Ariana will not just tutor you in playing the flute. She will also ground you as a human being and as an individual. Because learning, that's what they don't teach you at music school. They teach you how to play the flute and how to interpret a piece. But there's another side of it that really influences your music, which is how you're feeling and, and, and how to unlock the emotion, the narrative of a piece of music. And if you're not in a great space, you can't unlock that narrative. So therefore, the, your music potentially could become one-dimensional. So with Ariana, you're going, to get, you're going to be unlocked. You're going to get a therapeutic session. A therapy. <laughs> the therapist that is Ariana. <laughs> I love us, Thanks, John Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. you've, you've been so kind today. To, I've used up so much of your time. I know you're a very, very well, busy person. Thank you.
1: You know when they say uh, when, you're in that,
0: when you're in the zone...
1: I've been in the zone, John Paul, and I've just looked at the time, and I can't believe it's four sixteen p.m. here. Oh wow! I know, so it's a,
0: it's a long podcast, but I, the reason I, I I I'm quiet most of the time is because I'm I'm hearing lots of things, and I learn. I've, I've, I'm getting on a bit now, but I have this opinion and this belief that I learn every single moment of the day. You know, I can mm-hmm. learn from I can learn something from a six year old, and I can learn something from someone that's one hundred and six. And I just sit, I'm just learning all the time. And, you know, you've been through rough times with trolls and you've you've changed the way that you've played your flute. You've changed the way that you've portrayed yourself online because you've just become Ariana. You haven't tried to be what other people expect you to be. And I think if anyone can take anything from this podcast is that you can give yourself permission to be you. And that's what you do in your social media, your YouTube, and also how you come over in the podcast. It's okay to be you.
1: Wow, jean Paul, thank you. This, this, you know, what they say, it, it, hitting in the feels. You know, <laughs> <They> say, <laughs> thank you for that. Yes, and it's it's very nice. It's just such a beautiful feeling to be to feel seen as and 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 acknowledged in that way. So That someone sees that I'm really I'm striving to be as authentic as i can and being me and exactly what you said you know everyone listening do not be afraid to be you whatever that is what there's no rule what what is it when somebody says the word oh that's normal what does normal mean what, what are we comparing it to what's it relevant to it's very you know you can go deep with that so just be you that's that that's the answer
0: yeah it's like happy. it's like happy isn't it <laughs> what yeah, is what happiness is very different i mean i'm I've just had a massive great coffee so um, uh, it's a triple espresso, oh, yes. espresso before I started so I'm very happy but mine's artificial happiness but
1: uh, <laughs> you're still happy oh yeah
0: I mean it's you have to be happy because I know it's very hard at times but just trying to be happy and trying to be present in this moment mm-hmm. because it's only this moment mm-hmm. that counts it's mm-hmm. it's not tomorrow and it's not yesterday it is this moment um, and it's just take in life as it as it comes and take the crap when it, it arrives but also embrace exactly. small things
1: that's all we have is the present moment we we, we we are always living they I think they say you know depression is when you're when you're living in the past and anxiety is when you're living in the future so I think if we just did the present moment that doesn't exist then there's no depression <laughs> anxiety we're just happy
0: Well, the present <laughs> so moment this is- my present moment has just gone to another present moment so
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't keep up with it.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, oh, it's been brilliant. It's been and been lovely, oh, thank lovely. you so much for allowing me to take so much of your time. It's thank been a long time. Your,
1: thank you so much, Jean-Paul. It's been absolutely inspiring for me too. And just love this talk. It's been, I, I just, just love it. And if we could even talk for hours more, I would still be here. But I think for li- listeners, I think... <laughs> it's enough information for now. <laughs> so, <laughs> perhaps a volume two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What and we ask have to,
1: the listeners. And if
0: you've got any questions for Ariana, I, you can either email them directly to her via our website or just email them to me at flutepodcast at gmail.com. And next time we speak, we'll come up with the questions. Let's make sure we catch up soon. It's been too long.
1: Definitely, Jean-Paul, we have to. We have to catch up. It's been, it's been <laughs> too long.
0: So... May your week ahead be musically fulfilling and may your third octave B be especially sweet and in tune, because mine never is. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everybody. (laughs)